Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Moving to Orlando. This week, we're going to talk about first-time homebuyers, specifically the anxieties and fears that first-time homebuyers often face. Coming up next. Welcome, everybody, coming to you from the Bob Varley Studio in Orlando, Florida. I'm your host, Pete Werner, joined in the studio this week by my good friends, realtor Sean Falk. Hi. Realtor Ruben Cologne. Hi there. And producer, Mr. Corey Fiascanaro. Welcome. And uh, just a reminder, folks, if you are in the market for a home in the Orlando area, uh, please reach out, um, speak to one of us. Uh, you can email us at admin, A-D-M-I-N, at movingtoorlando.com. Or either of these two gentlemen sitting at the table with me, Sean, S-E-A-N, at movingtoorlando.com, or Ruben Cologne, R-U-B-E-N, at movingtoorlando.com. And they can help you out. Um, all right. So, um, you know, uh, a number of the clients that we've been dealing with are first-time home buyers, and we see a lot of the same kind of concerns and fears come up for them uh, in the process. Uh, so that we thought it might not be a bad idea to do. Or actually, Ruben thought it might not be a bad idea do a show, kind of highlighting some of those things. And Ruben, you've been dealing with a lot of first-time home buyers, so I'm gonna I'm gonna put this over to you and let you start talking about some of the things you see. Okay. Yeah. Um, so obviously first time buying a home, you're, you're, you're going to be in there, right? You're going to be nervous. You're going to be excited. You're going to have that anxiety, um, getting into it. Um, and off the top of my head, the things I'm noticing, there's a couple of fears, um, or specifically five that I came up with that seem to actually, um, be the main, main things that people are afraid of whenever it comes to buying their first home. Um, so the, the biggest thing, the easy, e easily, the biggest thing that actually comes to mind would be money. Um, obviously people are afraid that they don't have enough funds. They don't have enough money to pay the, the uh, down payment. Um, or they don't have enough money to cover the closing costs at the end. Um, so people don't understand that there's actually some, uh, services, there's actually some programs out there to assist you with this. Um, for example, for the down payment, um, a lot of people believe um, that you have to put down 20%. Yes, putting down 20% will help out with the PMI, but you can actually go pretty low. You can actually um, uh, go as far as down to 5%, I believe. See a lot, a lot with 5%. I just want to make sure people understand when we talk about PMI, that's mortgage insurance. So if you have less, if you put down less than 20%, you, uh, you do not have equity in the house. So the mortgage company says, we want you to pay, take out an insurance policy in case you default on this house before you have equity that we're going to get paid back. So that is added into your mortgage and it can be substantial. Mm -hmm. Um, it can be a couple hundred dollars uh, a month additional added on to your regular mortgage to pay for PMI. And then once you get to 20%, that PMI normally falls off um, on, a conventional. on a conventional loan. Yeah. We want to make sure Yeah, because there are some loans. I think the FHA, FHA, you don't get that. It won't come off. So yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then another, uh, another way you can get some help on as far as the down payment, there's actually assistance programs, um, which there's some information um, below um, that uh, there's an, there's an app, there's a link that can actually help you find, 
um, programs to help you pay for this down payment. So this money that comes up front for this house, it seems like a lot of money you have to come out of pocket, but you can get assistance. You can get the help that you need to get into the house that you want, that the house that you dream of being in. And then people bring part, uh, bring up uh, closing costs. Yeah. Closing costs can get pretty expensive. Um, personally, I've seen it range anywhere between like eight to 14,000 sometimes. Um, so like trying to get that covered is another hassle in itself. And another option, um, you could offer more. You could, you can pay the seller more for the house, offer them more. And this maybe be like, Hey, listen, I'll pay more overall, but can you cover some of the closing costs or even all of the closing costs? Um, so that way you don't have to fork out as much money. And that's where your realtor comes into play. Like this is the type of thing that they know. They understand they're professionals in this field. Uh, we're professionals in this field and that's where we can help you kind of figure out that that area that you want to be in what you need to do to get yourself into a home and and that is actually something we see a lot of um in this market right now there's not a lot of negotiating on the price of the house mm-hmm. but we do see negotiating go on when it comes to covering closing costs so you see a lot of offers that will that will go in that'll say okay you know you're asking 300,000 for the house We'll give you 300000 but you have to cl- cover the closing costs. Mm. And I don't know what the percentage Sometimes. of times it works. But yeah, yeah. And they cover up to 3% on a conventional loan. It's 6% on uh, FHA. I think it's 5 on VA. So, like, each one is different. Um, or maybe it's 4 on VA. But um, So, yeah, so each one's different to the limit, and which can have a, a factor, obviously, with some people if you're spending 500000 Three percent is going to cover the closing costs, regardless. But if you're buying something for two hundred thousand, three percent is only six grand. So that's all. That's the max you could ask for, and you may be more than that. You may need more than that. So you will have to fork up some money somewhere and figure out a way to do it. And it's not on the list, but I was just thinking about it. And this is a big plug for us. Uh, having a realtor, like that is, it's not really an anxiety. You don't pay us. That's the, the big thing. I think but for some reason, people think that you as the buyer have to pay us. You don't. The seller pays both sides of the the real, commission. the commission. So it literally doesn't hurt you at all to have a realtor. It only benefits you to do it. So yeah, that's not on our list, but it is a thing. So. That that's actually yeah. I mean, that should be number six because that's actually a huge fear that I see. And even like I I met clients like outside, like I met people outside of you know what what we meet through the biz and moving to Orlando, and they're they're always nervous about like talking to us about that kind of information or getting help because they're like, oh, well, I'm gonna have to pay this guy. I'm gonna have to pay him money. But the thing is, is that like the, the sellers are the ones like Sean said, the sellers are the ones that actually pay the realtor fees. So it's not it, it's not a liability for you. It's actually a benefit to you to have a realtor. Yeah. And I, I, I will say, too, on this, when you go to sell your house, you are going to sign a contract with a real estate agent that says, hey, you're giving me X amount of time to sell it. If you sell it, I sell it, anybody sells it, you still have to pay that realtor the commission on it. And 
I fully stand behind them doing that because it makes sense. But on the buyer side, there are actually agents here who make you sign with them on the buying end to say, hey, I'm going to help you buy a house in 90 days or you're mine for six months or whatever. And once you sign that, even if you go find the house yourself, if you don't like that agent and you try to go with a different agent, they have grounds to come back and say, no, part of that commission's mine because we're under con- I, they're under a contract with me that I'm their agent. We don't do that here. I think it's stupid. And I just think that it's, if you're unsatisfied with your realtor, you should leave. Like you should go somewhere else, work with somebody else. And not everyone's a good match. Like I know I'm a good realtor, but I might not be the right match for somebody personality wise or whatever. And if you're unhappy, you should go with somebody else and not stick with who you're with just because of whatever the reasoning is. So don't sign something and get under it on the buying side. Right. Right. Okay, so uh, the official number two um, on the list, um, pretty much another big fear when it comes to buying your first home is that you're scared that you're going to buy a home and then you're going to end up purchasing a money pit. You're going to buy a house that is going to need a lot of work. You don't want to spend all this money trying to repair the house um, and it's going to cost you so much money in the long run. Um, one of the biggest solutions for this, and I and I guess people because they're first-time home buyers, they don't understand the whole process just yet. But there, there's a home inspector that that we would help put in touch with, or you can find um, that will actually uh, check out like pretty much everything. They will make sure that the the house that you know everything that is wrong with that house before you officially go to the closing. And I believe you have like up to ten days as far as the well, inspection. you negotiate you, the inspection yeah, period. It, 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 it depends, but. Um, so when the inspector comes back with that, after, you know, they've done their expect- inspection, you know everything wrong with the house before you move through with that process. So you're not going to buy something that is going to be a money pit unless you specifically want to buy a money pit. Well, and the other thing with inspectors, um, you know, insp- a good inspector is worth his weight or her weight in gold um, because... What you want to know really when you talk about buying a money pit, what you want to know are the things that are important that are wrong. You want to know if there's a foundation problem. You want to know if there's a roof problem. Mm. These are the things that, you know, if you want to talk about money pits, you know, Mm. a bad roof. Um, So, but you'll, some inspectors will be like, and again, I think this plays in the first-time home buyers' anxieties because you know you get some of these inspectors that oh the paint was chipped on this baseboard and they document every single thing regardless of its importance and to them they know it's not it's not a a, a major issue it doesn't affect the value of the house or certainly the safety of the house. Um, but a first time home buyer sees these inspection reports that are 80 pages long and they're going, Oh, hell no. And they're walking away from a perfectly good house, mm-hmm. but they've been scared away by over inspection. Right. Um, inspections are to make sure you're not buying a house that is structurally unsound 
or that there aren't major issues that you're going to have to, you know, whole new uh, air conditioning systems, new water heaters, mm -hmm. and new roofs and things like that. That's what the inspection is for. It's not so much. I mean, they can, they'll note cosmetic issues, but very rarely is a cosmetic issue going to be a genuine reason to walk away. Yeah. But yeah, and compiling them all together, it just seems overwhelming. Like I've read them myself and I'm like, oh my God, was this even the same house that I went through? Like, cause it's just so drastic of a thing. Now I, at this time or whatever, things change, but I like our inspector that, that I use and, and that we use currently. And I, he's done fantastic up to this point. I don't know what might happen later but up to now he has been fantastic and look at you hedging your bets <laughs> really yes well i don't want to throw something too deep in there i did that with quicken loans and that was a mess but uh so um we uh anyway he's been great and he does he points out the stuff lets you know and does a really good follow-up phone call and he'll do it over skype or zoom or whatever goes through the documents lets you know hey i documented everything this is what's really important this is what's a real factor here and you need to figure this out this is a problem and then other stuff is cosmetic again it's their opinion on the cosmetic side of things if they're like oh this you know look at this paint here you might have been wanting to paint the walls anyway like there's so many times that somebody will say oh but this you know the paint's peeling in this room and i'm like this room is like lilac this was a little girl's room like you you already want to paint it don't you and they're like oh yeah we do i don't care so i'm like yeah you were already gonna paint it so who I think like, it's also important for people to understand that realtors cannot have a uh, vested financial interest with their uh, uh, inspector, for example, mm -hmm. um, without that being fully disclosed and clearly disclosed. Yeah. Um, we, we don't, oh, yeah, we don't, don't, you know, no. um, we recommend an inspector. You're free to use whatever inspector you want. We recommend ours because we worked with him and we know that he does a very thorough job. He's honest, but he's also making sure you're paying attention to the things you really need to pay attention to and not not BS. Uh, same thing's true with mortgage. It's illegal for realtors to have any kind of finan direct financial relationship with a mortgage lender. So we'll recommend somebody, but, you know. We these don't get anything from right, it. Right. Yeah. We don't get anything from it. There's nothing coming back to us. The only thing we as realtors can get paid on is the sale of the home. That's it. That's it. We can be inspectors. We can be, we can get our license to be home inspectors as well. But again, we have to be, you know, we probably shouldn't work both sides of that transaction. We, we, can't. we can't work both sides of that transaction. And, um, you know, again, anything like that, any, and especially in Florida, the laws are so strict about transparency uh, with any of that. So a lot of times people think, oh, you know, they're getting a piece of that or they're not the case. Not the case. So I just wanted to make sure when we talk about inspections, because that's a big issue. That's a big issue. I want to make sure people understand that. All right. So, um, so number three on the list. Um, one, one um, fear that does come to mind when you're buying a house for the first time, obviously you might have a smaller family than you plan to have, or maybe it's just, uh, you know, you and your spouse, uh, whenever you're purchasing the house for the very first time. So obviously your intention is that your your family might grow or might become bigger than you had attended when you plan on buying a house. Um, so there's always that fear for first-time homeowners or first-time home buyers about 
purchasing something or or purchasing a house that they're going to outgrow. Um, and one easy solution to that resell, like that's, that's, that's the, one of the biggest things when you are purchasing, purchasing a home is that you want to make sure that the house that you, that you buy is also something that could, uh, benefit you in the, in the long run to resell that home. Um, so, oh, don't get caught up in, oh, this house is going to be too small for a family that I might have. Make sure you are leaving your options open so that way you can look at all different kinds of houses that meet your needs and wants. And it's also not unusual, especially for a couple newly married. I remember Corey Martin um, and his wife, Julie, when they first got married, and he referred to it then as our starter house, right? It was a two-bedroom. It was a smaller home. Mm-hmm. Um, but then they had kids. And it got to, you know, after their second child, I said, okay. So he actually rented that home out, used that home for rental income. Um, when they bought another home, a, a larger home, with, which they have now, and then he eventually sold that one. So, yeah, that resale value, you know, if it's starter houses yep. are great. They're mm-hmm. great. But you want to pick something that you think is going to have good resale value. So that's a really good point. Yeah. And I actually specifically, uh, you know, like yesterday, I went pending on a house with somebody who is specifically buying something in a short-term rental zoned area because they plan on living in the house a few years, eventually getting their own house. It's, you know, first time home buying, but it is still, hey, eventually I want to move into another house upgrade and then I'll keep this house and I'll use it on the short-term rental market or I'll rent it out long-term as well. So you may even be thinking like that, hey, maybe I'll turn this into a business at some point if you're financially stable enough to do it. And you may want to buy a home that's actually in a short-term rental community, knowing you're only going to live in it in a few years. Okay. Yeah. Um, so the fourth one on the list um, and this one's more of a fear, like, like it, it's okay. So you might feel that the, the buying process can be a little bit difficult, that it might be complicated, that, you know, you might just be like, oh, well, I can go rent. It's easier. I can just get by like that. Um, well, that's actually when good realtors and good lenders come to play, because obviously there's a whole, a whole lot to deal with when it comes to buying a home. But if you have a good realtor, they're there for you. We're going to talk to you, communicate to you the, the steps and the process you're going to take and help you through this all the way up until the closing, until the house is officially yours. So if you're worried about doing this on your own and you're scared because you have no idea what you're doing, that's where we come to play. Um, and it's the same way for the lender side. Um, they're, if, they're a good, if they're a good lender company, they're actually going to be there um, for you. They're going to communicate, okay, this is probably how much your mortgage is going to be. This is... This is um, how it's going to work. This is, you know, like every bit of information that you need going forward. When you buy this house between your realtor and your lender, you should have everything you need. And also, you know, um, a good realtor is there to hold your hand, hold your hand through that process and advocate on your behalf. See, the, the, the very definition of the word agent, um, that's your agent and their job is to advocate for you in this transaction and make sure your best interests are served. It's what a good realtor does. Yeah. It's uh I mean it definitely gets very complicated with purchasing. It can get really messy. I've had 
some real messes to have to figure out and it gets figured out it all gets done but even on the rental end i'm starting to see more now why some people when they're especially when they're moving here they want to rent i was very against it at first i get a little more of the concept just because you don't quite know where you want to be necessarily and maybe you were okay with davenport now you're like no i'm not i want to live in dr phillips and that's where i have to be and so it kind of shifts Still don't think there's personally anything wrong with just buying something and then reselling it. And especially in the market that we're in right now, because things buy and sell quickly. Um, so there's there's not an issue there. It's not a horrible idea to rent first uh, as much as I thought it was. But it's tough to find leases that will let you go short times without having to commit to a year or commit to some length of time. And that gets really complicated but def and it's hard to find rental agents as well we we do help as much as we can but there's not a lot of places that are like dedicated rental agencies whereas on the buyer side like if you tell me hey being by disney is important to me we'll get you by disney like that's that's where you'll be so as long as you walk people through this is how i've lived my life and this is my plans there's no problem okay and uh the final one on the list um appraisals so some people are afraid that they're going to purchase a house or they're going to put an offer in for a house and then the appraisal is going to come back and they're going to realize that, wow, this is actually a lot less than I thought it was going to be. Well, once again, that's when a good realtor um, comes into play. If you have a good realtor that's there for you, that's going to you know help you out and help you along this process, they're going to go ahead and get you some some. Uh, comps. They're going to get you uh, set up with Cloud CMA, which we'll have more of that information down below. Um, but they're going to get you that information that you need to to get that realtor assistance, so you understand how much this house is probably roughly going to appraise for, um, and it gives you an idea of how much you should probably spend on this house, and it helps you be prepared for that appraisal when it comes back. Yeah, and for me, it's not so much that you get to find out what it's going to appraise for. It's more so that you see what other things sold in the area. So, you know, Hey, if this house, you know, five houses in this neighborhood successfully sold in this general price range in the last six months, this one's probably going to sell around that price too. But you know, if it's going to be a big jump, that's going to be a problem. And that's, I can tell you right now there, I can think offhand at least three or four occasions. I've been in houses with customers of mine and, you know, them just be, head over heels in love with the house and me have to very sadly burst their bubble that there is no way on this planet that this house is going to appraise none because it is just it's too good for the area or it's too it's got too many upgrades in it and that is something that can come up not so much with first time home buying just because your price range is usually lower with that but there are a lot of times i'll go in a house and i'm like i'm really concerned about the house appraising because it's it's maybe not worth like what you think it is i've got i've got to say this without divulging anything um when your realtor tells you something listen to him or her. <laughs> we were Sean and I are joking around a lot lately. No, they just don't listen to you. Don't listen to me. I don't know. I, like I like stuff comes up, and I'm like, I told them this was going to happen. Like, and then here we are, and it's happened. But it does happen where I'm like. But to his credit, to his credit, I'm going to tell you what. He 
he he he'll, he'll laugh about it. He doesn't get frustrated. He laughs about it, and then he gets to work. He gets to work fixing it. Yeah, we'll figure it out. But like, I I am like, hey, don't do this. And then people are like, no, I think it'll be fine. And then it is not. So the only realtor <laughs> like, I've ever okay. seen, the only realtor I've ever seen, actively try and talk people out of buying a home. Yeah, because he's like, nope, this is not good. This is not good. Don't do this. Don't do this. My hope is that you're going to buy something with us. So, like, I, right, I mean, you're but, going to buy something. So, but like, you, but you probably shouldn't buy that one. Like, that's that's probably not. And the again, way to go that's here, that. So. That's that difference of having an engaged realtor. I think that's the word to use: an engaged realtor who yeah. is really it was like want. They want you happy. They want you mm-hmm. to find what you want, but also make sure you don't get ripped off in the process. Yeah. Because I'm not going to sit here and say there aren't realtors out there that, oh, that's the house you want. Sure. Here's, I'll fill out the paperwork, sign here. And, you know, I'll do that, but I'm not going to really give you any guidance because that's too much work or I'm not that invested or that engaged with this. Um, Fortunately, I don't think there's a lot of agents out there that do that, but there are. Yeah, yeah, there's definitely some. I'm Um, the first one in line to say, like, we need to walk. Like, we need to walk from this house and go get something else. So, (laughs) it's – but, yeah, the appraisal is very – uh, it, it, and the, the problem with it is the appraisal happens so late. You've invested so much of your time at that point into it. And that's really where you have to listen when something's happening and you need to pull comps and you need to make sure that what's going to happen is going to happen. And you, I mean, we've already, at that point, you've already done inspection and then appraisals coming up next. We're on, we're in the home stretch when we get some appraisal results. <laughs> and when that comes back and let's say you, um, uh, and this goes back to having a, a strong offer as well. If you get approved for three hundred fifty thousand dollars, and this house is two eighty, and then you decide you want to get a pre-approval letter that says two eighty because you're coming in, if I'm the selling agent or if I'm the seller, and I know it's like a little questionable whether the house will appraise or not, and you've submitted an offer of two eighty with a pre-approval of two eighty because you were thinking, oh, I don't want them to think I have more money than I do. They may not pick your offer, even though you could have afforded more, because if by chance, let's say the house appraises only at like 275, the bank's only going to lend you 275,000. So they're thinking you don't have an extra $5,000. You're too risky. They've now invested three weeks into you that they could have put into somebody else or trying to find another buyer. So like finagling that around is really important because the appraisal happens so late. All right. Yeah, some good tips. Yeah. Some good tips. That's it? Or uh, yeah, that's it. Okay, I wasn't sure. I you were looking at me like you had more. Um, so I just wanted to make sure I, I, I was counting. Um, so there you have it. Some uh, some good advice for those of you uh, looking at buying your first home. Some things to keep in mind uh, to kind of tamp down the anxiety that comes along with it. So that is going to do it for our show for this week. We hope you enjoyed it. We will see you again next Wednesday with another episode of Moving to Orlando. Have a great week, folks.